give you a little bit of an introduction here, right? And and it's about a, you know as much as I can give, and then I, I'd, I'd like to see you introduce yourself if that's okay. Um, okay. For those of you who don't know him, Michael. So he's a, he's a United States Marine, American Ninja Warrior contestant. Correct. You were you were on uh, Ninja Warrior in the past, and you're going on again this year. Correct. Yep. Okay. And then did I did I read that you were a Guinness World Record holder? Yes, previously uh, I beat the world record for most in sixty seconds. How many was that? At the time that I did it, the first time was fifty. <laughs> yeah, that's wild, dude! Holy shit, fifty hey, pulls, man. man! That's that's wild. And and you're also Mike's. Mike's also a personal trainer, I imagine. I imagine you've got some either some clients or you just do some stuff, you know, with with different yeah. organizations. Yeah, I- and, um, and like I said, guys, Mike, he's gained a massive following on, you know, virtually every platform that he's on. And, you know, like I said, he's on Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, um, Twitter, YouTube, everything. Uh, you know, I've, and, I, and again, for those of you that were like me and didn't know Michael's name, but you've seen his, the stuff that he's done hanging on the edge of tanks and, and Bearcats and things like that. The stuff that he does, it, it almost looks fake. And Mike, that's one of the things like, dude, there's some stuff you do where I'm like, there, no, there's like, there's no fucking way he's sitting there just going back and forth on the, on the pull up bar. But man, it's that stuff's, that stuff's crazy, man. That's crazy. So, um, now I want to hear, I want to hear Mike Eckert introduce himself by just like you would, if you were, you know, in, in business or however you, may do go hey man thanks for that intro uh i'll try i'll try to do my best after that uh my name is mike i got i go by mike by the way everybody but uh mike eckert and uh i am a previous world record holder and i'm i consider myself just a normal dude um that's the reason i you know it it doesn't take a lot you just ask and i'll show up on your podcast that sort of thing like the social media stuff is all secondary to me. It's become something I do uh, for work now, but uh, yeah, I've just always done athletics my whole life. And uh, it's now there's a camera over my shoulder watching me. Uh, it's a love hate with that, but it's what I do now. And it, it's gotten pretty popular. Uh, I'm in the reserves for the Marine Corps and I have uh, five dogs around me right now so i apologize if they're a little loud uh and yeah i mean that's pretty much it besides I mean, you did a great job introducing everything like tying everything together <laughs> what, what kind of uh, dogs you got mike so i have a blue healer and the rest are husky mixes because oh, uh, when my wife moved up she took our husky with her and um my wife's parents dog and our dog had a relationship and we wound up with eight puppies and so we kept five of them and uh her parents took a couple and we took a couple so that's i know wild. that's wild Mike, where, where are you from originally it's winter weird. park florida okay you're from florida oh god yeah <laughs> those crazy florida florida natives huh oh that's man cool. is your wife your wife also from florida no she is originally from kentucky but moved to nashville and then uh i'm actually living in nashville now oh nice like in nashville nashville or like franklin i mean you know where Mount Juliet is? Mm-hmm. I say Nashville because yep. it's the closest landmark. It's Correct. like the same thing when I when I grew up in Florida. I would yeah. say uh, Orlando, but yep. it was really the park. Yeah, that's me living. So I'm from the Midwest, right? And, and I always tell people I'm from Kansas City because right now I live in Utah, which I hate. But I tell everybody <laughs> I'm from Kansas City um, just because nobody knows where Savannah, Missouri is. It's 4,000 people, so no one really gives a shit. So whatever. Kansas City, everybody's heard of it. Um, so it's all good, man. It's all good. But well, that's awesome, man. Listen, like I said, I mean, I'm super excited to have you on. Um, I, you know, I, I'm an obvious, I, I have some, some outline questions that I am I'm pretty excited to ask you, but I, you know, I also, like I said, I opened it up to my, you know, to the Twitch chat and things like that. And, uh, you know, hopefully someone, someone has a, you know, a couple questions. I think it'll be, it'll be, it'll be good. And actually, before I get into mine, uh, my buddy Louie, he, he just said, uh, he's actually asking a question that I had written down. He's like he said. How's the how has the fame and or social media attention changed life for him within the Marine Corps? That's a good um, question, Louis. Thank you. I mean, I or try not. To, I try not to let it uh, become anything. Like I don't announce 
Hey everyone, social media influencer, staff sergeant, Michael Ecker has entered the room, you know, uh, and again, I, you know, I actually am kind of glad that, sorry, I don't know if you can hear my oh, dog. Good, man. We love dogs I uh, as well. Nice. Yeah. They're freaking, they don't stop. Right. But, um, I, I kind of like the fact that people don't recognize me when I, <laughs> you know, I go, I, I, until I get on a pull-up bar and be like a PFT, like, no, I mean, like, like everyone's looking over at this guy that looks like he's defying gravity and they're like okay well, yeah i mean i do silly i try to keep it because there's a there's a certain realm that you keep things in you want to keep it all positive because sure the Marine Corps hates or military in general hates they don't necessarily hate it they can't they can't support anybody directly on social media because they've been they've been burned too many times from people doing stupid <laughs> shit and so uh so like they back somebody or something like that. So they encourage people to be on social media, but in a professional and a, a represent everything in a good way. And I think right. I've done that so many years that I've, I've, and I've, I credit myself with having a good upbringing and good moral compass. So I try to do the right thing. And um, as long as I keep doing that, like the Marine Corps, uh, they just, they kind of let me do it. And uh, that's cool, man. That's cool. Isn't it I, crazy how, how much that upbringing, you know, how, 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 how much or how helpful it is going through your adult life i mean it's yeah just, it's yeah. wild dude because you don't especially, see that a lot nowadays especially like yeah looking around and you're like holy shit like dude i bring it nuts because i i've i i credit my again i credit myself with, with having a good upbringing and having a good mom and dad who taught me the right the difference between right and wrong you know exactly. and a lot of people don't have that yeah listen i used to you know growing up in the midwest you know farming community man my dad I, I love my dad to death my dad used to beat the brakes off me if i did some stupid shit you know what i mean he, it, was, oh, yeah. it was the kind of upbringing where if if a, if a teacher would have smacked me upside the head there's no way i'm telling my dad because you know it would have my dad would it, it's not hey what the teacher do wrong or or yep. what did he do to piss my son off it's you know it's it's my son's gonna respect his elders you know what i mean and that i just think it, it's just a lost uh it's just it's just kind of a lost what's the word I'm looking for it's it's something that's not it's like a lost value right people yeah. these kids they don't they don't respect people nowadays and and you see it a lot with the police and you know I dealt with it when I was a sheriff and and it's just not a not a fun time but, yeah and I feel like everybody because of you know it, it's a good thing and a bad everything's a good thing and a bad thing nowadays yeah, that's like exactly right. having everyone having a, a camera on them an HD phone like at all times like you know, back when my dad would uh, discipline me for doing something wrong, like some kids record their parents now and it's, you know, oh, yeah. then their parents get highlighted for child abuse or something like that. And I'm just like, nah, I'm glad that I'm glad my dad, you know, yes. laid a firm hand when he needed to, because I was acting up and it's, you know, yeah. it's a, people are walking on eggshells now. And so it's, it's, it's less common to have uh, the discipline that's needed in order to uh, have like long-term effects, you know? Yeah. And, you know, kind of adding to that, man, it's for me, listen, I, I say that my dad used to beat the brakes off. He didn't come home and just beat me cause he was pissed off. <laughs> Dude, I did a lot of stupid shit. You know what I mean? Like I oh, just did God, so much like, dumb yeah. stuff that I, in the, in the moment I'm like, I fucking hated him. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I couldn't stand now that I'm an adult and I got three boys of my own, I'm like, damn, <laughs> I, I got you. I got you. But that went easy with, off I'm you. with you. Yeah. I'm with it. So yeah, man, it's just, uh, you know, like whenever, you know, he, he did, he didn't just, my dad was super loving, man. I had awesome parents. So it sounds like you had, had kind of the same thing. And it's, it's just something I, you know, you take for granted until, uh, you know, you, you don't know what you have in the moment. Right. And so in the yeah. moment you, you've got some loving parents guiding you to be a bet, you know, just a better human, better adult. And, um, that carries over, man, in every aspect of life. And then you obviously add on your military training, your, your military discipline and things like that. And it's just, uh, you know, there, there's a reason why I'm so drawn to, to, you know, talk and hang out with guys like you. And, you know, I, I know you and, uh, you and Austin joke a lot and, uh, but I mean, oh, yeah. Austin's a good dude too, man. I mean, very down to earth guy. I, I told him, I said, listen, I said, I, you know, if you need some money to, to, to come on the podcast. I said, let me know. I said, I don't know how all that works, but it'd be an absolute honor. He goes, he goes, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He goes, just let me know when you want to do it. You know what I mean? And so for me, oh, I'm like, Shit. you know, these are, these guys are awesome. And so this is why I'd rather talk with people like you guys rather than, you know, some of the guys that I played basketball with growing up that ended up going to the league, you know, a different, there's just a very different, um, 
type of person, I guess. And, and so I get it. And anyways. Um, okay. So switching gears here, I want to ask you now, kind of going off of what he's talking about with the, the, the social media attention and things like that. I, I want to ask you about what is Was there a specific video or a specific string of videos that made you, I mean, just go viral in it? I mean, was it overnight? Was it over a certain amount of time? Because you hear about people going viral overnight and I mean, I don't know if you had a video that just blew up. I mean, in the Vine era, I, I don't know how all that worked. Um, it's, it's all very foreign to me. But how, how did all that work? How'd you get your popularity? So um, again, uh, I was <laughs> I was doing all this stuff prior to social media, and I think that that just as a side little side note, I think we've gotten lost in that where people are trying to create something to go viral rather than doing something. And then, you know, I get it. You kind of cater to things to, to, for growth purposes or something like that, but people lose the root foundation of why they do stuff in the first place. I was doing all this stuff already. And so the reason I even had an Instagram at all was because I loved rock climbing and I got stationed out in Japan where the closest rock climbing gym was a 30 minute taxi then an hour train and then we had to get an electric bike ride that for like 45 minutes to go to this place in uh hiroshima and then we would climb there i'd take my buddies it was actually a fun trip we made it but it was like a journey to get there so it wasn't practical for training and i used that for my training all the time and so um i didn't really ask for uh permission to do this but i knew it wasn't like i knew it wasn't going to be like it didn't have like detrimental effects. So I kind of like weighed out the pros and cons of I could get in trouble for doing this, but I built a rock climbing wall in my room, logistical nightmare. What? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, when I was stationed, cause we all had our own rooms, I was an NCO stationed out in Japan and, uh, I built a 13 foot sloped. There's pictures of it on my Instagram somewhere, but it's a sloped wall. It's like overhung and it was, uh, I put my extra mattress underneath it as a crash pad. And yeah, I just had this, this wall in my room and I was training on it for a month or so. And I didn't ever really have people in my, uh, I didn't really have people besides my friends in my room. And then one day I was training a bunch of people. There was people like down the hallway doing handstand pushups and stuff. And there was my, my head mate was the guy I shared the bathroom with. He comes over and he goes, man, this is so cool. You should post it on Instagram. And uh, that's where I was like, what the hell is Instagram? And so I started doing like funny videos or something like that. Me, not really funny, but just videos of me training, you know? And uh, so I was already doing it. And then I just stayed consistent with it. And once I knew Instagram, like got used to it, I just started making a video a day. And we had, I, I love doing pull-ups. That was something I was good at. Um, it was kind of like my niche and I didn't realize that pull-ups are so cool. I just did them because they're like what I was good at. And, you know, uh, they're, they go, they, they're linear to my training. And, uh, every day I'd get out, I'd get off work and I'd have one of my buddies like, Hey, there's a pull bar right outside of our door when you walk out. And so I would do video after video once a day, I would get on that bar, record it and post it. And then very minimal, any, anything to it. And then, there was one day that I was like, Hey man, let's go make a cool training montage in the gym. It was my buddy. Uh, he's actually a staff sergeant now, staff sergeant Earl shout out to him because he videoed it. But, uh, we were in the gym and I started doing those sideways pull-ups and that's the video that went crazy because, uh, I think it was because physics teachers and stuff would be like, that's impossible. And it just became this banter argument back and forth for like, no, it's not impossible. It's just looks really cool. And, um, that was the video that kind of shot me a little further, but it was the consistency before that of like learning everything and doing it in trial and error. And, uh, yeah, but that, that video is the kind of the one that, that grew me a little bit. And it was like, I was like, okay, it just got me more followers, but that was it. Yeah, dude, it's, I watched, I watched you do some of the stuff that you've done and obviously the sideways pull-ups that's crazy, but I watched some of your free hang stuff and I watched your hand strength and Holy shit, dude. I mean, it's, that's, that's such a huge part of it where I'm like, okay, that, that is impressive. I watched you doing a pull-up with two fingers on each, on each, on, you know, with each hand doing pull-ups. I was like, oh my God, man, I've never, never seen anything like that. You know, it's, it's funny in the, 
rock climbing community, because I've been a rock climber for like 13 years, like a lot of the stuff that I do isn't that impressive because a lot of rock climbers can actually do it too. It's the combination of I've combined like heavy weightlifting with rock climbing techniques. And I think that that's what is hitting that weird spot where it's like it ties the two together because rock climbers, I mean, they're paper thin and just one big tendon. So they can do a lot of the cool stuff that I do, like one arm lock offs. And some can even do like one finger, one arm pull ups, but they weigh like 30 pounds. What I've been doing is like I weigh 185. So still not that heavy, heavy but still not that heavy. Yeah, yeah, heavy rock climber. And but I've also like I'm getting to the point where like I can deadlift over 500 pounds. No rock climber is deadlifting over 500 pounds. Right. And so it's like the combination of riding those two, I think, is where I've I've put myself. And uh, that's where I love that style of training anyway. So it, it, it's cool to find find a spot where you know you're people you're, you're doing something that people aren't doing, right? I mean, I've seen that a lot with, and I hate going back to Austin all the time. God, I hate talking about him. But, uh, <laughs> but like Austin's kind of done it with the, with the fitness and the battle bunker and things like that. Right. Where, yeah, there's some fitness channels and yeah, there's some, you know, some, some military training type channels, but Austin's done a great job. I think of integrating, um, you know, what he does with certain celebrities and things like that, bringing them out. Oh, yeah. trial. Like it's cool. People, people haven't done that. They haven't thought about it. And so I, you know, it's always cool to see people have the, um, like an innovative idea, right? The sets that completely sets them apart from everybody else. So, man, that's that oh, yeah. that's that's badass. I love it. I love it. I do, um, I do feel like you can get stuck on that though, because I mean, in my realm where I'm like the pull up guy, I feel like you know I got to dance for shekels or something like that. Like people are flipping <laughs> gold coins, and being like, "Do more pull ups," and I'm just like, "Fuck you guys." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like. So it is, yeah. it is a bit novelty at to a point, but like, you know, that's why I like changing it up and doing other cool stuff. It's all the same principle. It's all pull strength and sure. grip strength. But, uh, but yeah, sometimes it gets a little like, you know, I'm not dancing for you today. Okay. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep your dollar bills. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and then, and then you also, you obviously got your, your American Ninja Warrior stuff. I saw you just posted the other day. You said that you got a call for the 2022 season. Or... Yep. Yep. Just did an interview with him yesterday. Um, because American Ninja Warrior is all about the story and, uh, and I've never had a good story. Like I just, I, I, even, I even told him yesterday, I, I probably, sh there, there's a lot of stuff to say like, you know, NDAs and stuff like that, but yeah. I haven't signed the NDAs yet. So I'm good, <laughs> but uh, I will like, I think tomorrow <laughs> oh, <really>? <laughs> <laughs> getting this out there before, but, uh, they're like, what's one thing that's not athletically related that you do? And I was like, well, my whole life is pretty much just training and seeing how far I can push my body. And they're like, uh, you have anything else? And I was like, I just like, I'm not going to make something up or dye my hair blue. So you guys have a cool thing to tell everybody, but Tom, you have you a know, sick I, picture of Zelda in your, uh, a sick Zelda yeah, picture in, yeah. your, in your room. In yeah. Your hey, I got the streaming set up back. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what you tell them. But yeah, yeah, dude, it's it's funny how, and I'm not dogging uh, Ninja Warrior or anything like that, right? I, I actually really enjoy watching them. But it's funny how nowadays, every like you said, everything has to have some some form of novelty or some dude, crazy, people like are American Idol. You know what I mean? We've we've lost the foundation. People are so I think depression and everything is just skyrocketed because everybody's trying to do something to please somebody else yep. and they're not doing stuff like the training that I do to get the strength I have is so boring and so monotonous and so consistent that like you have to do that stuff. And sometimes you gotta, you, you gotta start there and you have nothing to post for months. If you do want to grow on social media or something like that or whatever, it doesn't even have to be fitness related, but nobody wants to put in the work or actually enjoy what they're doing or enjoy their mastering their own craft. They yep. want to, jump right into a craft it's like oh man that video has three million views i'm gonna do something similar to that not because i enjoy it but because i want to dance like a monkey for other people yep 100 man we my my so my my sisters and i've got four four sisters yeah i've got four sisters i can't i can't remember so i got four sisters and my mom so for example they're 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 huge prices right fans right growing up and so they've been on multiple times and and when you when oh, you they've show, been on the show oh yeah a ton my sister, cool. she, she won the so my my sister won the showcase showdown another sister won a car my mom what won the, a Jeep. that's yeah, awesome it's, yeah it's some funny stuff but yeah so but but before but like when they get on there when you when you show up in la and you try to get on the show 
you don't get on if you're just a person say, Hey, I just want to come, you know, I just want to try to get on the prices. Right. They, it's like a dog and pony show. Like you got to do something kind of dumb to get their attention. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, you can yeah. never, you'll never catch me. I could never just, you know, go do that. Um, bro, for I'm, someone like you, bro, it's, it's hard to ignore you. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, now it is now correct, it is, but, but it's taken a long time. Again, the consistency of the training, sorry, my dog's hitting the little <laughs> thing on the door because he wants to go outside, but That's can't, awesome. um, but, uh, I, it was like years, years and years and years of never like, again, it's a blessing and a curse. Like I do it full time now. It pays the bills. I'm very lucky that I can do this for a, a job, but you know, it didn't happen. That one video that I was talking about, like that created momentum, but it didn't, none of this has happened overnight. Like I started in 2015 and I just started doing the same stuff and it's just been a fail learn process the whole way. But, um, if you look back at my old Ninja Warrior videos, they don't exist because I've been on the show twice. I've made it to the Las Vegas finals twice. I had the fifth fastest time in the nation the first time I was on the show. No airtime because I was just an athlete. I was just a dude who was trying to beat the show. You know, I didn't have a story. I didn't have blue hair. I didn't have a mohawk. I didn't wear a diaper. You know, it's like all these weird things that I was like, I'm, I'm not doing that. I I'm sticking to like what I enjoy and what I'm going to do. And, and you know, now you're right. Like they, it's hard to ignore millions of followers in, in my corner sure. that are like, you know, when I say, Hey guys, tag Ninja warrior. So they know I'm serious about competing. And I get this army of people that are, you know, they get notification after notification. Cause they get all these tags. It's like, that's hard to ignore. And I, I like that, but it's been a long process. Like, and I didn't, I never tried to make it that, you know? Yeah. You have a, that's the one thing that I noticed about your social media is you had a very loyal following on social media. Right. And I think it's because, you know, obviously you get the people that, that, you know, and I, and I assume that you've had, you know, more of an intimate, you know, you, you, your followers, a lot of them know you better than, you know, just the, just the pull-ups, maybe not, I, I don't know. But man, watching watching your followers, man, they they comment on your stuff like that, you know, like they know you, like they're following your journey, not just oh, this is a cool video. You know what I mean? And so I thought yeah. that was super cool, just just you know, outside looking in. Yeah, and I mean, you're at the mercy of the algorithm, no matter what you do. So a lot of like, uh, a lot of my videos, my wife doesn't even see because I don't know, yeah. like. So I'm saying like, if you post, it doesn't necessarily mean that your followers, it's maybe trying to reach a new audience, but your loyal audience, like you were talking about, may not even see the video, but I mean, it's Instagram, it's super superficial. And, um, that's the reason I'm trying to get more on YouTube because, uh, that's a lot more personal and yeah. you develop a connection that way. Absolutely. And I mean, you've, you've also got a couple different things. So you've got YouTube and then you also have your, your fitness app. Um, you know, and, and obviously I'm trying to, I'm trying to make a decision right now between either buying yours or Austin's man, you're going to have to, you have to sell me on it. So hey, I think, get I, off. I think, I, no, I'm going to say, uh, I want to see who does more, <laughs> who does the most pull-ups. I'm going to, I'll text Austin and tell him that, uh, if he can beat you in pull-ups and I'll buy his, but no, oh, I, to be honest, I, I, you know, I'm a big support. I like to support. And I mean, it's just what, 14 bucks. Is that what it is a month for your app? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's not, I mean, listen. You think about how many people want to go and they want to spend. Oh, I want to I'll, listen. I'll spend some good money on a on a meal plan and, and some you know workouts because I think that's what a lot of people run into when they go into a gym is they don't know what the hell they want to do. They don't know what they should do, and so I think a lot of people they get a little, you know they get a little nervous about going in a gym for the first time if you don't have a workout in place. Yeah, you can go do some curls or you know try to do some squats, but you know if I think a lot of your stuff from what I saw. You do a lot of the body weight stuff as well, correct? Try to, especially in the foundation, like the building blocks. Which which is I, huge for like so I like I said, I used to be a cop. And dude, in the academy, if I'd have known your app was around, that's all I would have done every day. I mean, you know what I mean? That's that's yeah. that stuff's awesome. Yeah, and I mean I, I try because <clears throat> I'm not trying to make everyone like me, you know? Sure. And so that's one thing as a coach athlete or trainer athlete is difficult because a lot of people are like, where are the muscle up tutorials? Where are the others? And I'm like, you know, I, I will get to like the more specific stuff, but you know, the vast majority of people don't even have a foundation built or can't even do a pull up. So I feel like it's good to just start out with the basics and move from there. But 
of course, everyone, like I want to give everybody the most advanced stuff out there that I'm doing. And it's like, there's no way that that would probably three or four people could do um, right now without any building up to it. You know, you know, it's, it's also funny when you start talking about pull-ups because in the police Academy, at least in Utah, they, they don't, you don't have to do any pull-ups. There's no pull-ups and there's no, there's no just dead sprints or like, Oh, courses, which I thought was a little, I was like, okay, that seems a little silly, but okay. Um, so listen, man, I, then there's a lot of people you go in there you lift on your lunch, you know, at lunch, whatever. There's a lot of like even athletic guys that have never, they've never done pull-ups. And so, you know, they, you, they go in there and they, they can't, they can't, you know, pump off 10 pull-ups. And, you know, I started talking to Ray care and some of these other seals. They said they, they see that in, you know, in buds, they, they're like, you get these ripped dudes that'll do a, a million push-ups, and then they go do pull-ups and it's just something they've never trained. Uh, and, uh, and so they, you know, it's just a kind of a rude awakening, but, um, yeah, dude, it's yeah. just, it's crazy. It's crazy stuff. Now speaking, and go ahead. Last thing I'm going to say is you, I do enjoy going, going to Ninja warrior and stuff because it, there's only like one or two percent of the people who show up there are like true athletes and i resonate with like true athletes uh-huh. i love that competition you know i it's not even like i'm competing against it it's like hey we're gonna do the best we can uh how whoever makes it the furthest obviously more kudos to you but um yeah you get there and like you were saying you know you have these expectations that all these people are going to be on fire you know basically showing up in super saiyan mode and you're like you got people having these crazy backstories that are falling on the first obstacle and you're just like, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. So now talking about your pull-ups, now I want to talk about your world record attempt. So before, before we, before we dive into that, so everybody knows Mike got on and we, I asked him how he's doing. He says, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm still recovering from that, that, that world record attempt. And I'm like, hold on. That world record attempt was what? Five months ago. Is that six? I mean, October. October. So yeah, probably. <laughs> so for those of you that have read David Goggins book, it seems like a lot of people have David Goggins attempted the world record. And that's the same world record that, I mean, I mean, the attempt in general is the same thing that, that Mike did. And so Mike, that's one of the things that I want to, have you read can't hurt me or have you listened yeah. to it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how he dives into it, talks about his hands getting all ripped up and how mentally exhausting it was and how physically was it, was it as brutal as it sounds? And what was the hardest part about it? Please talk about that. <laughs> There's just a whole situation. You just talk about whatever you want with the world record. Cause I want to hear it. Um, so I'll say that I'm the first person to ever attempt this world record outdoors and it wasn't intentional it was because of the logistics uh covid pushed back the building of the nonprofit uh organization called FitOps that i was going to be donating all all the money and proceeds to um and the the building got delayed and so we still had the event scheduled and uh, it was like a week before that uh they were they were like we may not have the roof on the building and it was like 30 some odd degrees out in the mountains of Bentonville, arkansas and uh yeah it was the day before when i showed up that they're like hey we got the pull-up bar all set up outside for you and i was like oh oh man but i'm you know i roll with the punches because who really gives a shit i mean i learned a lot from that experience because um I consider myself a pretty resilient and tough and deal with it and like grow where you're planted person. But, uh, I learned a lot because I sacrificed a lot of time and that's the one thing I don't like wasting. I don't like wasting time. Um, because, uh, yeah, I made a decision a few years back to try as hard as I could or, uh, maybe, you know, give up, but, um, I'm, I'm still chugging along. And, I, and the one thing I don't like wasting is time because, uh, we don't, we don't get that back, you know? And I spent a lot of months training for the record. Um, we developed an app for it. My father-in-law actually coded an app to keep me on a metering pace every 30 seconds. It was like generating either because we learned that random number generation was really good for stimulating your brain for a long period of time. Cause you don't know what number to expect that's going to show up. So it's like I, I had either the number three or the number four programmed randomly to show up every 30 seconds. And that was going to keep me on pace for the record. So that's how many reps I was doing for uh, every 30 seconds. So it was like roughly like six or seven a minute. 
and a lot of work up, a lot of sacrifice time. And then post after I didn't break the world record, um, because it was, I, I'm blaming it completely because it was on outside a hundred percent. If it was indoors, I would have beat that record by probably a substantial amount. Um, because it was outside, I was, I had this, I had everything set up and I had been training indoors in a garage. Um, it's pretty climate controlled, you know, it doesn't change too much. But I mean, we had wind chill, we had all this stuff, and it was actually miserably cold. And we had this, it, we had this little propane heater with a little heating flower on it, and it kept flickering on and off. So it would get freezing, and then it kind of warm back up and freezing. And it was just, I, and then I hate, I hate dropping this, but like, I was told that there was going to be this cook or nutritionist there to keep me in line the whole time I was doing it, and he didn't show up. And so I was eating McDonald's the day, the day before because we were out in the middle of nowhere and there was no food to get. And then, uh, the next day I, I luckily these guys who are Olympic co coaches showed up and they were like, we need to get this guy hydrated. We need it. Cause I, I didn't even think about it, but for like 13 hours, I didn't go to the bathroom once. And it was because I was so dehydrated. Oh, man. Um, and they were like, we need to get him water. And yeah, it, it was a pretty bad buildup up to that point. My skin before even a thousand reps was just peeling off. I had, I had a little thing, a uh, super glue where I was gluing my skin back together. And it was funny because, um, I was sitting there and I was gluing my skin back on and I was like, I think I'm good. I got back on the bar and I didn't, it didn't dry, but it oh, dried on the no. bar. So I dropped off pretty violently and it just left all of my skin on the bar. And so the skin wasn't the bad part. Truthfully, I know, David Goggins talks about it and it's painful. It's really painful, but because it was humid outside during the day, my hand would rotate a little bit each time I did a, a pull-up and that did something on the top of each one of my forearms. I couldn't even hang on the bar. Like it got to the point where I couldn't flex the muscles in my hands to hang on the bar. And that's where I was like, I need a break for like an hour. I know I'm going to sacrifice the record. I'm going to keep going. That was at like, 4,200 reps or something like that. Um, but I, I had to throw in the towel at like hour 18, 19 at 5,000 because I was like, I'm going to do so much damage to my body if I keep going and I'm not going to be on pace for the record. So it's not worth it. But I mean, I was on so, so on pace to beat the record that at hour 12, I had already beaten David Goggins 12 or 24 hour record. So I, I was already like double his pace the whole time. And, uh, I mean, it, Again, you know, learned a lot. You know, don't look back. Keep going forward. Sure. The only reason I look back at all is because my hand was still injured until like almost like a couple of days ago. Um, oh shit! Yeah, I was doing some strength tests and I wound up pulling a PR at uh, 185 pounds for one rep. Um, and I actually, it's a PR at this weight. I weigh 181, so it's actually more than my body weight, which is I'm breaking that threshold of being able to pour the pull more than my body weight now. Right, right. Um. But yeah, that's and and it's pretty much healed. I can still feel it a little bit, but it's not debilitating. You know, it's not it's not taken away. That's I seen a watch it. So insane, I man. I, you know, you don't people don't think, I guess, about all the. I mean, you read the book. You you're, excuse me. You read the book. You listen to Goggins shit, and but you don't you don't realize how torturous that that experience is. You know what I mean? When you start talking about. Yeah about that whole experience. I'm like, holy shit, man, there's zero part of that. That sounds fun to me. Now, what does sound fun is the purpose behind it and the reason, you know, that you're doing it. And so that was another thing I kind of wanted to, to, you know, touch base on with you. I mean, I, I'd like, I kind of want you to speak about what drives you. I understand that, you know, in the past, you know, well, first off with fit ops and that deals with the veteran suicide. Is that correct? Yeah, um, exactly. And is, I mean, is, does that drive any, is, is that a driving force behind, why you do what you do or why you do what you do so intensely or just tell me, tell me a little bit about what drives you and what drove you to, to pursue that record. So I've always been somebody who likes pushing themselves and sometimes uh, maybe a little too much. Um, so I was already like that before joining the military and the military just amplified that, especially the Marine Corps you know, mission focused, stay focused, get the job done. Doesn't matter what time it is or if it's raining outside, get it done. So I would treat that the same way with my training. It was 
not i would i would love it on the inside but it was work and i was putting in the hours and i was putting in the like increasing my work capacity and just putting in and just making sure i got the work done and that was it it wasn't like a laughing matter it wasn't a good time it was just getting the work done and uh my best friend sergeant tyree green <laughs> he was stationed out in japan with me and he uh he was like yo man let me go to the gym with you and i was like dude i hate i hate bringing people to the gym because they can't keep up he goes man fuck you i can keep up with you and i was like all right dude i know how this is gonna go but you know let's go and usually everyone that like because there's difference between training with people and training uh training people you know just like sure. i was talking about earlier, you have to, you have to slow down a bit especially because everyone who works out with me went if they go at my pace, they wind up getting injured. And I don't like that. So I was more of like trying to stop him from, from trying to compete with me and, and doing something stupid, but we would go to the gym and <laughs> he, he broke me really like surprisingly because we were at the gym and he was my best friend. So he knew my sense of humor and he knew he'd get under my skin. And he's one of the only people I would like listen to and, and like, actually hear when i'm working out and so in the middle of a set he would i can't remember what joke it was but he would crack a joke and it would be it'd be so funny that i was on the ground laughing like tears like coming and i'm just like we're st i was like shut up we have to work and like i'm just dying laughing and so that happened a lot and he brought like my sense of humor back to training and he actually showed me that we can still train and get the job done but but we don't have to take ourselves so seriously and like you know uh you can get the mission done and have a good time doing it that sort of mindset mindset um you still take it seriously and still be focused but you know if you're on the ground laughing it just adds to your ab workout you know um and so the plan to fast forward the, the plan when i got off active duty was to kind of you know I was like, this is great. I love training. This is amazing. My buddy kind of like broke me where we have a good dynamic. It's fun. Uh, he used to go rock climb with me out in Japan. He was one of the guys on the electric bikes with me and whatnot. And, uh, in 2017, I'm transitioning off active duty and three days before coming off active duty, I was at a, uh, it was like terminal leave. I, I was at a Ninja warrior gym and I was feeling invincible and I just slipped basically. And I didn't really slip. I just fell off an obstacle, but I didn't check to see if there was a pad below me. And I snapped my wrist from like 14 feet up. So I have a metal plate in my wrist and, you know, I went through all the surgeries and whatnot. And then like three days later, I get a phone call from another buddy of mine who was out in Japan and, uh, uh, he told me that Green had, Green had hung, hung himself while in deployment. And so, like, wrist broken, best friend just committed suicide. And uh, I was all hopped up on drugs living in my mom's guest house because I just got off active duty. And I was like, well, there goes everything that, <laughs> that I honestly care about. Like, why am I still here? It's sort of, sort of mindset. And uh, I went through that for, like, two solid weeks of like rock bottom like absolute my rock bottom because rock bottom is different for everybody and how we deal with stuff but for me that was my rock bottom i was just scraping the bottom of the barrel and i was like what the fuck is the even point of doing anything what's the point of anything if it's just gonna amount to bullshit like this and uh i i, I started asking myself some really tough questions and i was like are you gonna be mediocre for the rest of your life are you going to be depressed are you going to be you're going to be like this for the rest of your life are you are you going to quit are you going to keep keep this up for how long are you going to do this for because this is a heavy weight and uh so i really looked inside myself and i told myself i was like you have two directions to go you can either settle for mediocrity and be fat and lazy and and somebody you hate for the rest of your life or we don't know what's the other direction well, we can start heading that way. You know, we know what happens if you don't do anything and you stay lazy. Like you're just going to go that way. We don't know what happens if you do something else. And you just, cause I don't, I didn't know what direction to go. I couldn't do the, I had spent the entire, my entire enlistment learning how to use working out as a stress reliever. And now I was the most stressed I've ever been in my life and I couldn't work out. So it's like, I was just this big ball of like, what the hell is going on? And, 
uh, I wound up just like, okay. I was like, whatever decision you make here, you got to stick with it because that's just how it's going to be. And so I blindly started putting one foot in front of the other. And, and I don't know what direction or maybe it was like today, I'm not going to sleep in until noon. I'm going to get out of bed, look at the sun for five minutes and then go back inside. You know, that was the one blind step of the day. And so, uh, it's weird because you don't really know, uh, where you're going to be until you get there or like, what's it, what, what it's like, we can kind of foresee and be like, if I do all this training, I'll look good and have six pack abs or something like that. And that's what I think is going to happen. But maybe along the way, you'll actually run into a sport or something or something like I fell in love with rock climbing. Like you'll find something that you really find valuable in your life. And that's the discovery. Like that's the amazing part of, of just continuing to explore and, and figure out new things. And so that's what I kept doing. I just kept blindly stepping forward. I was like, I know I, I can do something. And so I would, I had my cast on and I had two fingers available out of my cast. And so I was doing pull-ups predominantly on one arm and then two fingers on the other arm and then like one-handed push-ups, and I was like, okay, okay, I'm in a new spot now. And then I got the cast off and it looked like it was just skin and bone on my cast. And uh, <laughs> and I, it was actually horrible because coming off active duty, you switch over to the VA and I was in limbo with health insurance. And so I didn't actually have a follow-up appointment for my wrist until like oh, no. a month later. So all the stitches in my wrist were fused under my skin. And I was like, uh, I would talk to my mom and I was like, mom, what do I do about this? And she was like, Oh, well, my mom's from England. So she's like, Oh, Michael, we'll just take him out. Like we did in the old days. And I'm like, all right, let's give it a try. And so we just put my arm down. We were just cutting stitches out of my arm. So it, it, it's just, yeah, that was a weird time in my life, but, uh, it, it, I mean, got, it sounds like a tough time in your life. You know what I mean? Like, first off, I, I, sorry to hear about your, about your friend. I mean, I, I, that goes without saying, but that's never, a uh, it's never, never an easy thing to deal with, man. And, and it, and it never gets easier to deal with. I mean, I, it's, it's such a sad thing to deal with and to be a part of, but, um, you know, it sounds like you, like you had figured out a way to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, you know, get, get, get to work, get to busy living or get busy dying. Off, you know what I mean? On that note, I, it's funny because I treat him like he's still working out with me. You know, I think that's, <clears throat> you call it a delusion or whatever, but I'm like, he's still cracking jokes every time I'm working out. And, it, and I think that's what like really starts to bring the emotions because, you know, I, I hear the same jokes that he used to tell over and over and yeah. there's no new ones, but you know, it's nice to have those old ones. Yeah. It's, you know, in, in the Marine brotherhood, like, I mean, cause again, I've never been in the military, but I have, I have a lot of friends that, that have been, you know, obviously in the Navy and some guys, I, I do have some, some army friends and I don't have any air force friends for obvious reasons, but, uh, um, <laughs> they, uh, the, the Marines, it's, it's something you talk about a, a true brotherhood, man. It's for whatever reason, every Marine I've ever known, they're the ones that, you know, they're, they're never an ex Marine. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll, and they'll, yeah. they'll tell you that every time, um, that, that brotherhood is so cool. And, and, I, I, I just can't imagine. Um, but it's, it's awesome that you've, that you've been able to, to use that as motivation and, and like I said, pull yourself up and, and into a better, better spot because at that point it would have been so easy to, to, I hate saying to give up, but that's, I mean, that's essentially what it, what it could have, what it could have, what it could have been. I mean, you listen, 100%. you listen to all these other people, you listen to David Goggins, you listen to his story, man, how easy would it have been for David Goggins to just, you know, just completely give up. And, and I'm, I don't know. I, I love hearing stories like that because it, sh it sh I think it shows people that what you're going through isn't as bad as maybe you think it is. And so, you know, you, you talk about you and you had your two, two main things in your life, your best friend, your fitness, all of a sudden those two things taken away from you within a week. And you know, it, things are, things can always be worse. hundred oh, yeah. percent. Every, if you're still breathing and still still waking up in the morning every, everything's survivable mm -hmm. i'm i'm gonna use that word because you know you may get wounded but you, you're surviving so uh, you got to keep living and and i just i i can't until the day i die like actually i can't survive any longer 
I, uh, I won't let myself uh, submit to mediocrity. I just, I think that that's, that's a bit wasteful, just like how I don't like wasting time. Um, I don't like wasting potential either. And I think that all of us have a potential in our own way. And uh, I think that that's a motivation because um, everyone's unique in their own way. And that, you know, just because you can't do as many pull-ups as me, doesn't mean you shouldn't try or you shouldn't uh, see what your potential is. Sure. Sure. And that's, that's something that I, I was really excited about with this episode, because again, this is the first time that you and I had officially, you know, talked face to face. And, and I think a lot of people, they'll, they'll listen to this and say, okay, they, they'll feel a little bit less intimidated. They feel like, okay, well, Mike's actually a super fucking nice dude. Like he's not, he's not some guy that's like, yeah, hey, you know, you, there's no way you're going to be, you know, you're not an arrogant person. You're not a pompous person. And 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 I'm not saying that it looks like that on social media, but you watch you watch the pull ups. People think like, I'm a dude I'm like, bag. Holy shit! <laughs> I'm like that's the that's the that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. So, you know, I I don't know, man. I just I I love I love talking with people like you and and you know allowing people to see a different side of you that maybe they don't see you know on on an Instagram reel or on a YouTube video and 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 so I it's it's just awesome, man. It's very refreshing. I mean- the world is saturated with douchebags, so it it is good to to get out there and kind of talk about just who you are as a person because Instagram doesn't really do a good job of of doing that. That's why again I was talking about YouTube and whatnot. Like I've seen it and I, I hit the wave tops, and I I've always hated how invasive social media is. I hate I'm I'll, I don't think I'll ever vlog in my life because there's a certain part of me that I'm like I'm not doing this because I want to let people into my everyday life. I'm doing this because I can help people in training, but, and I can be an inspiration in certain ways, but in the end, like I'm happy living my life with my wife and just my, my family and, and my, my close friends and the people that I actually enjoy creating value with. And I, I think that's important to me and, and like having a camera in my face all the time, just won't do that. That's why, like, I don't mean, I, I, I don't mind jumping on podcasts like this because again i one of those common things for me was people do think i'm a douchebag on on the on the internet like it's just because how often uh, nobody ever really sees me talking about anything and it's because i hate having a camera in my face and it's like every time i do have a camera in my face i'm not in a good mood because i don't like having you don't want to be there yeah 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 but and, and so, Mike, you talk about you talk about helping people. That's something you really like to do. So, in you have you you have your app. I I want to I want you to shout out whatever you can. I want to I want to hear about your Instagram. I'll, let people know where they can find you, and let people know where they can see about the app, right? Because that's something that a lot of people don't know is really out there. And so, I mean, explain. <laughs> well, um, my my long. Uh... My long uh, username is consistent across all platforms, even the websites, Michael Eckert Fit. Um, that's where you can find the app. It's where you can find me on social media. You can find me on whatever, really. Um, I wish I never made it that long. It's cool to have your name in your in your social media, but if you're if you're out there and you're thinking about making a social media, make it something cool, <laughs> not your name. Like represent. I don't know. I wish I was like the dark shrouded. I don't know. Like you know, you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, I, for sure. Cause then I can make a t-shirt of that. Nobody wants to see a t-shirt with my name on it. Like what the Mike, you make a t-shirt with your name on it. I'll buy it. <laughs> you, have, you, have my, you have my word on that. Oh, that's cool. uh, I gotta do some creative stuff with my initials. Cause my initials are me. So that's about <laughs> all I got. Dude, that's awesome. I just, just, just run with it. Um, so your app, that's a, it's a fitness app. What, what's the main focus there? I mean, is there nutrition on it? Is there just workout plans? How, what's there's a little bit of nutrition. Um, I'm not an expert in nutrition and I, I kind of use some cookie cutter stuff on nutrition for that. Um, I just basically tell everyone to eat, make healthy choices. (laughs) People know when, when they're eating fast food all the time, it's probably not the best idea, but I'm also not a nutritionist or a dietitian. So I went to, to school for kinesiology. And so all of my programs are based off of like foundation building because if you hire a good trainer, you shouldn't need him for the rest of your life. Like it's cool to have me as motivation and stuff like that. But a trainer is supposed to get you where you need to be. And then you just, you, you blossom and you grow and you, you know, you fly away, you leave the nest, but if you're stuck with a trainer the whole time and a coach and you need them every single day, then they're probably not the best trainer, you know? (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Dude, it was funny. You talk about nutrition and eating fast food. So after that seal swim, I, I, so I did a, <laughs> I did a podcast episode with, with a bunch of the seals out there and, and I, I come back and, and I get a phone call from one of the seals. His name's Cade Courtley. He calls me and, and I didn't answer right away and he calls me again right away. So I'm like, Oh shit, something happened. So I answer, I'm like, Cade, what's up brother? And I said, you know, he's like, so, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, uh, well, sorry. I was just ordering. I was just in the Wendy's drive through talking to the guy and he goes, he goes, you fat fuck. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? He goes, quit eating, quit eating that shit. He's like, get, he's like, he's just like, get better. So I'm like, damn, so, man. On, on diet. I think you, you didn't make a bad choice. Cause you know, you had just done that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's justifiable. Yeah. I think as long as you're eating for how you're training, like if you know that tomorrow is a rest day, probably don't calorie load the day prior or, you know, yeah. like, I feel like as long as you're eating for how you're going to train, that's, that's the ideal way to consume calories. Cause everyone thinks that, you know, if I do my fit, my fitness pal, and it says I need to eat 2,500 calories a day. It's like, it, are you going to work out that day? It's going to fluctuate throughout the, so it's, it's a really good app to use, but eat for how you train. And if you don't train, then use the stagnant average of what it recommends you should eat. Yeah. Yeah. It was just funny, man. I've never been, I've been, I've been called out for other stuff. I've never really been called out for fitness because growing <laughs> up in, in the Midwest, man, no one, no one gives, no one gives a shit, right? It's just like, Oh yeah, you can play football, you can play basketball, whatever, do your thing. But man, that was the first time. And I'm like, damn, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I can get down with that. So I know, man. I, I, I feel it eating away at you right now. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it like bothered me. So, in a good way. But listen, man, I, we're coming up on an hour. I could I could probably talk to you for a couple more hours. It's, you're you're super solid fucking dude, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I know you got some other stuff going on, to, you know, in this week and this life. Um, and then the guy just in my chat said, man, I call people fat all the time. Well, <laughs> Thanks, Christian. I think that's who, yeah, that's Christian. But yeah, brother, listen, if I'm ever, you know, if I ever make my way down to Nashville, which I usually come down once or twice a year for some, some business stuff that we do over there. Um, I've got a guy named Jack Vale. He's a comedian out there in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, nice. I'll, be, I'll be coming out and doing some stuff with him. Uh, I don't know exactly when, but if I do, I mean, listen, if you want to, if you want to get together, grab some dinner or whatever, um, I'd be more than happy. My treat, obviously. Or I can kind of do a couple pull-ups with. We're going to Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, we go to Wendy's. That's right. Man. <laughs> we'll go bust out, bust out some pull-ups, and we'll call it good. So, listen, brother. If there's ever anything you need from me, um, you know, feel free to reach out. I really appreciate you, and uh, let me know if you have, you know, like I said, anything you ever need. Appreciate you, man. Same goes to you, man. Appreciate you having me on. You bet, brother. We'll see you, Mike. Take care. Bye.